0: (laughs) all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fuck nicks what the fuck tuplets if there are any out there how are you what's happening everybody okay are we good i talked to david hidalgo from los lobos yes Now, the weird thing about me and Los Lobos is that, you know, like, look, with any band, I know the albums I know, and then I listen to a few new albums, but going back into the uh, Los Lobos catalog, I start to realize, holy fuck, this is probably one of the best bands that ever lived. This band makes most other bands look like fucking novelty acts. These guys are hardcore pros, paying their dues on uh, on the wedding circuit and dance club sort of a Latino dance club circuit, Mexican music, Mexican folk music, Mexican dance music, doing the weddings. That was like their Hamburg for the Beatles was the, you know, playing these events and man, there is no band that's tighter and looser simultaneously than Los Lobos. No band understands each other in, in, in such a fluid and connected way can create so much space, such a beautiful goddamn sound. Of true American music, I guess people compare them to the band because the band was one of the first kind of consciously in a way, or I guess it was kind of hung on them this idea of American music, Americana music of a of a, an indigenous music to America that kind of was rooted in Appalachian music country, some some jazz and some funk. but you know those guys were Canadian, not to judge and the one thing they were lacking was the 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 latino foundation the mexican roots and that's where the true american music of los lobos comes and you can hear them you know them immediately it's it, it's astounding to me that people don't really dig in to the entire Los Lobos catalog. But this new album called Native Sons comes out next month, but I got to listen to it. It's all kind of LA-related or based covers of music that influenced them when they were coming up. And I talked to David about it because I was pretty fucking excited about it. Uh, and we'll I'll, you'll hear that momentarily. We also we also have a new segment on the show that we're starting today. It's called Get to Know Tom with Tom Sharpwing. Uh, you'll hear that shortly as well. I would also like to throw a little love to the Sparks Brothers documentary. It opens in theaters tomorrow, Friday, June eighteenth. Edgar Wright put this together it's his film the sparks brothers i don't know if you know sparks the band i've tried to uh lock into sparks the band i can't say that i have yet i did enjoy the documentary i learned a lot it was impressive but i still have not quite locked into that band and they've done like a thousand records and there's many different sounds but it's seemingly that and i respect them but i I don't listen to them i don't know this if that this is necessary for the plug because the movie stands on its own and it's not a paid plug it's you know Edgar asked me to watch it I watched it I was like holy shit I didn't know any of this I have a few other records I'll listen to them again I now have a new respect for them but that was the last time I listened to them not that you're going to listen to Sparks every day enough enough okay enough enough You know, sometimes we haven't done this in a long time, but, uh, you know, we used to do short interview segments with people who, uh, you know, friends of the show or whatnot. But, but this is this is something different. This is a new segment on the show for a, a limited time only. It's a, what do they call them, a, a limited series of segments uh, called Get to Know Tom. Some of you know Tom. Tom Sharpling's a dear friend of mine. He's uh, He's been on the show many times. He appeared at the beginning of uh, one of my HBO sh- uh, specials, Thinky Payne. We've done several Mark and Tom shows together that you can also listen to. So to some of you, he's not a stranger. But to but the point of this is, he's he's got this book coming out. What's it called? It never ends. Yeah, the book. It's a it's a book about Tom. It's a memoir called It Never Ends. And I read it, and it's you know it's a difficult position to be put in. I have to be honest with you, Tom. Hey, okay. Well, you never know, man. You, you know, some your friend of yours is like, "We do me a favor, you know. Will you, mm-hmm. will you read my book?" Yeah, and
1: then I'm like, oh, "What?" Is it? I've been in both sides of that now. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I'm on the other side of that,
0: where I'm like, "What does he want? What do, you, do I have to? Do, I I can just blurb it without reading it. Is yeah. it a blurb, yeah. or is it? Does he want notes? What am I supposed to do?" And but but I read it. And I've done that twice. I've, it's it's only happened to me a couple of times actually. And I think maybe it's people have sent me books before and I haven't read them. But mm-hmm. I read the whole book, and I you know I I don't know you that long or or you know it turns out not that well even. I didn't know any of that stuff. But why would I? It's not like when we talk, we're professional broadcasters. Yeah, we're, generally we're friends, we eat dinner and stuff. But I'm not going to be
1: like you know Jesus, what happened? Yeah, you aren't. You don't just go like. <laughs> So tell us though, ten years old.
2: What yeah, was that yeah. all where, about? Where,
1: what happened to you? Like why? Why? <laughs> I never even. I didn't even. Why are you
0: like you are? You know what? But the the point is, I guess there's many points, but it's a great book. And and I think we should just sort of um like well, let's just just so people know, like you know, what do you do? You, you I mean yeah I mean I know you host a best show. How'd yeah that,
1: yeah I host a show the best show. Yeah which uh it, I've been doing that for. Man, twenty years. Twenty now. years. Twenty years doing this, and it started on terrestrial radio. Started on uh, station WFMU, right? And that was uh, standard, old-fashioned radio, right? And then, but like, I- like in the
0: you know in the book, you talk about um,
1: you know how how you you were very excited to get the job. Right oh there. my God, I couldn't believe it. It was like you just grow up. Radio was my thing. It like, was like idolizing and fetishizing just. Disc jockeys and yeah. especially oh, yeah. when you get into like personalities. Because like you're that. like New Jersey guy. Yeah. So, so I would hear all the New York, yeah, yeah. All the New York stations. The, the early
0: talk guys.
1: Early talk guys Yeah. hear yeah. uh Bob Grant. No, I don't know that guy. He was uh that's a right wing piece of garbage on <laughs> WABC, but he was he's one of those guys where it's just like you're really funny yeah. and great at this, but you're evil. Yeah like right. you're using it for Evil purposes. Like so many uh, of them. So many, it turns out. Yeah, turns I, some
0: out. of them, some of the, there used to be a guy, I'd had to do an evening show here that was preempted frequently by uh, Clippers games. Like okay. it was a, a live show 10 at night because mm-hmm. it was some sort of like a placeholder when, after Air America fired me, they put me on, on the air. I can't remember the name of the fucking channel. But as a, a night show, Brendan came out here to produce it, you know, for a while. Okay. And but literally, if it was women's basketball season, they had a pre-existing contract with that to Everything. go live. Yeah. So yeah. we'd have to wait until the game was over to start sure. our live show, and we're in overtime. Ziegler was the guy's name, and there exactly, <laughs> there was a right-wing guy named Ziegler. Okay. You know, and he was sort of on the same floor, different channel, but like two studios down, yeah. and the worst, most malignant, fucking right-wing douchebag you
1: know but he was good at mm-hmm. being a broadcaster absolutely it's they are they are exclusive
0: yeah and right so i remember this one time we're at the urinals and i'm like you know you you're really uh you're good on the mic man he's like really i mean i didn't think you would think i'm like dude i mean you yeah. know, you're like yeah all right just take it <laughs>
1: you're a horrible human that happens to be good at broadcasting <laughs>
0: But you just knew it was going to be your
1: thing, right? I mean, because I know you cover this in the book, and, and it's a, it's a it's a great story. You know, early on, you never can dream it could even be your thing. You just love it, yeah. And it seems like it's a million miles away, especially right. pre podcasting. Yeah. Did you ever imagine this?
0: Do you know? Did you ever think? Well, I mean, it's different because you you know you're you're a unique radio guy. But let's let's be honest. Just as you were saying, and this is off topic. mm Hmm uh but kevin christie really he framed it in a way that like i never really thought about it like that you know in light of the podcasting thing it's like who
1: knew so, so many people wanted to be mediocre radio personnel oh my god <laughs> it's the craziest thing when suddenly who knew everybody just wanted to shoot the shit? but it's so terrible there's yeah. some people
0: that like are better at other things Basically, doing you know mediocre
1: midday radio style. Yeah, and they're not good at it. No, they're they have lowered themselves. Right to a thing that, that I didn't even think they know what that was. It, they've gotten it through, like it, it's it's like three steps down. They they're not. Yeah. They didn't listen to that and say I want to be that. They want to be the person who is influenced by the person who is influenced by that. And
0: as a comic, you know, going into these places, you always know you're up against. These guys, these regional guys, and you go in, you and there's always a sidekick guy. He's like, I used to just stand up mm-hmm. and you never wanted to be that guy. <laughs> you know, that was like, yeah. that was if all
1: things mm-hmm. failed.
0: Yeah, you hope you could be the the you know the the chuckle guy. Yeah, the guy you know, you know chiming in on some
1: local radio show. Yeah, it's like in music, it's like the last refuge of the scoundrel. In music, <laughs> is you go become a country artist. Cause they'll, cause they'll apparently accept anyone that pretends yeah. that just like, I like country my favorite thing. And there's like, we like you then and, but in comedy it's that.
0: Yeah. It was just like, and now I just like, now I cannot get that framing out of my head that like, you know, everyone now is just like, for some reason they, they've just forgotten that radio was the end of the line. Yeah, no, not, that not was.
1: some practical way to try to get traction. No, you like <laughs> Howard Stern used to say it was the lowest rung on the showbiz ladder. It For sure, it is, and he was a hundred percent right about that. With the largest egos,
0: yeah. We used to we used to go in, you do these. Um, morning shows Mm -hmm. and you're having a cockfight with you know like joe nobody yeah you know who's like you know he's got the drive time and the entire columbus area it's like this fucking guy and they're causing you trouble they're like we're gonna fuck with the comic i'm like i'm just i'm just gonna sell a ticket
1: dude (laughs) (laughs) these guys are just meanwhile terrified that somebody's gonna just walk in and go like yeah we're just changing the whole thing now we now we're playing uh it's a latin station now everybody out like, that's hanging over their head every oh, day. When Clear Channel was... Yeah, that, that's not... I guess that's not happening. It's
0: like that, that, that Cleveland story. We must have talked about that. When I go to do morning mm-hmm. radio, yeah. and I get off the elevator, and there's just some sort of commotion. Uh-huh. And some guy runs by. He's not wearing a shirt, and he looks <laughs> exasperated. I'm like, uh-huh. what's happening? And they're like, hey, man, just be cool with the... the, the
1: something went wrong with the puke cannon, and we're going to have to move you into another studio. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you should be happy or sad. Something was wrong at the. But that was just cannon. like the
0: end of it. Yeah, I forget the guy's name. He's the, mm. It was terrible, and, we, and it's like, yeah, man, we were, we had some guy drink milk, and then we we figured, altered a, a leaf blower, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like this was like to me, this was like the the end of shock radio, like it, mm-hmm. the, the device that you know that they had gone out of their way. To, to create to manufacture <laughs> to reinvent some f- it was ridiculous the puke yeah. cannon it just blew up yeah. just puked milk all over their studio mm-hmm. for no reason and nobody can see it no also. yeah and no that's one cares thing. well there's probably a video element yeah. but it was just so stupid because there's always nine dudes involved yeah. you know like at those morning shows Whoa! yeah yeah there's like that <laughs> yeah that's uh, billy you'll get it you yeah. want something to eat billy yeah. get him something to eat yeah. you know that guy <laughs>
1: John Worster, who I do stuff on The Best Show with, uh, we do comedy stuff, and you know John. Yeah. John, growing up in Philly, would listen to classic rock radio, and yeah. then one week there was a format change where the, the the classic rock station tried to go, like, punk, or, like, yeah. like they were going alternative. Yeah. yeah. And there was this old guy who he would listen to on the station, yeah. and then he's listening, and now there's this guy on same voice, but now he's calling himself <laughs> Mohawk. <laughs> And then John called in. He's like, "Wait, hey, are you? Uh, aren't you the guy who? Like, you're not. You know, that's not your name." He's like, "Yeah, it's not me." Uh, they're making me call myself Mohawk. He's like, "I'm out of here, but it this is my last week." Radio Mohawk. That an adult uh, has to at some point say, "Like, I guess I'm calling myself Mohawk today." But it,
0: yeah, but it's just it is a specific talent, and not everyone can do it. And you're great at it, and and, and it was. It was something that evolved. Like the the guys that are good do it like nobody else somehow, and you've kind of figured out this own, your own niche with the best show, which is hilarious. And but how did that evolve? It just sort of you just started. I can't remember. I know it's in the book. Yeah,
1: it started off doing rate. Starting off doing a music show. Yeah, right, it was right. Because like, yeah, I was yeah. on WFMU, primarily a music station, New Jersey, New Jersey, yeah, Jersey City uh, well, it was in East Orange at that point. Yeah, but doing a music show and then slowly the balance was like 99% music 1% talk and then I just kept going to where I was slowly talking more and more and that was then that just made sense and I was like oh my god this is what I want to be doing not just playing records yeah and you're really good at the music beds and the pausing just all that but the, the appeal was to use the music as a complement to the talking yeah yeah and that just then it just was like all bets were off i knew what i wanted to do with it
0: but it's interesting because you come out of this you know this other part of your life where you know like um there's like stuff in the
1: book where i'm like
0: you know like don't you want like you know what's that stuff
1: about uh like your name like you know your, oh your, well your, you know I mean, we've got to save something for the.
0: But no, I mean, can't... all right. Uh, no, I mean, all right, look, all right, There's all right.
1: there's stuff about yeah. my name and yeah, all right. All it's right. in the book. All right. Okay. Yeah, you know, all right. You're right. Yeah. We should, we should
0: even want more. Right. Yes. Sorry. No. People should. If you. Wanted... That was cra- it's crazy, man. That whole thing in the book is crazy. Do it's... you want you want it? No, please. Just I mean, all right. No, no, no. I'll talk get... about some
1: things. Other things. I'd. Do you want to get to come... something to eat or? Yeah. All
0: right. So we'll we'll, we'll we'll all right. We'll do it. Let's do it again. I'll try not to. We'll okay. do this again. Sure, sure. You know, a couple more times. I want people to. Ah, oh, the name thing's good, though. It's all right. It's we'll in, do it again. We'll do it. We'll do another one. Okay. We we'll save some of it. Uh, so, look, folks, you can go order Tom's book. What is it called again?
1: It Never Ends. It Never Ends. I a read me, it. A I memoir read. with nice memories Where, is that, the subject. That's the. Because the, I, I, now that I know I know yes. what it's referring to. Yes, you do. And that's and, also in the book. All right. So I'll
0: talk to you. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. It's at uh, tomwroteabook dot com, and you can order it uh, other places too, right? At book places. Oh, any any bookstore will take your order for this book. All right, we're gonna, we're going to do this again, and, and Tom will tell. I guess some you know I, you're just going to be selective about you know I'm, yeah. No, I'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, fine. All right. Okay, we will have another talk with uh, with Tom. Tom Sharpling, the amazing Tom Sharpling next week. So you can get to know him a little better and then get his book. It never ends. So you can get to know him a, a lot better. Like a lot. Pre-order it at Tom Okay. I'm very excited to uh, have had this conversation. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the band Los Lobos. They are still out there working. I'm looking forward to going to see them. I believe uh, me and gimme, gimme Dan are going to go see them at the uh, Pacific amphitheater with X And uh, The Blasters, I think it's like the first day of August, maybe. Uh, The new Los Lobos album is called Native Sons. It's a collection of songs by Los Angeles-based artists that were influential to the band. The Beach Boys, War, The Blasters, Jackson Brown, Buffalo Springfield, and more. It comes out uh, on July 30th. I think I'm going to see them on the next day. Yeah. Yeah. This is me and David Hildalgo. (laughs) Well, oh, yeah, I get, I get weird about sound, so I, I, like, I'd like i like this room to be more than it is, but yeah, I got to put these panels up so the shit don't bounce around. Right, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? Man, that's... I like it dead. I like that sound to just be dead. Yeah. <laughs> what right. kind of guitar are you playing these
2: days? Uh, What's your main one? I used to go back to a Telecaster, you know. Really? Telecaster, Strat, and uh, I was playing an SG for a while. Really? I, yeah, I still... Uh, I go back and forth. I like. Well,
0: the SG—that's d- different sound than those Fenders, man. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's a little <laughs>
2: thicker. Yeah, it's thicker, but it's uh, uh, I do don't know—the neck pickup on, a, on an SG is just—it cuts through. You know, I, yeah, I yeah. played Les Pauls and, and I try to get. Yeah, I love Les Pauls too. Yeah, you know? right. And uh, but the SG just had the—it it was there. It yeah. cut through, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's because it's just that like. That just that humbucker sitting on that, that the body's so thin. Yeah, right.
2: I think there's the whole the whole makeup of the guitar with, yeah. the, with the neck, you know, way out here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And know?
0: I I have like that that one. I got it. That black one. That Captain uh-huh. Kirk one. He he sent that to me. I'm not even that great a guitar player, but I try to get as many guitars as possible for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, it works, man. Yeah, man.
0: I talked to Steve Miller, right? Mm. a few uh, about a month ago cuz yeah. he released this uh, this movie of a of a concert he did in the 70s and they're all uh, playing these ridiculous guitars, Ibanez guitars right. and, and one of the one of the guitar players had a Music Man and I asked him I said what the fuck was with the Ibanez and the Music Man he's like Gibson and Fender wouldn't give us anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we took what we could the, yeah. Ibanez said they'll make us anything
2: yeah yeah the Iceman. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. That's what, the, the one with the big hook on it? Yeah, like, it, Like, yeah. it, cut, it was their version of an Explorer, kind of? Right, yeah. yeah. that's
2: what they were playing. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Two of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So, do you yeah. guys, You are you all still living in L.A.? I'm in Orange County now. I've been out there for 16 years. Oh, yeah? Is yeah. it nice out there? It's nice. It's, you know, uh, pretty uh, sterile. Just, I mean, it's okay. It's all right. You you know? can, well, you sound like you, you didn't have a choice in the matter. Well, I had a little more room out there. Yeah. A bigger yard. Yeah, yeah. Know. I have grandkids now, so they need Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need, need to, to run around. Run around. Run around. But yeah. you guys you started here.
0: You grew yeah. up here. Yeah, I grew up in LA. Yeah. What part?
2: Well East LA down uh, by the Long Beach Freeway by uh uh-huh. you know uh-huh. out that way. Yeah. Yeah. And was uh, did you come from uh, a musical family? Sort yeah, music. A uh, music uh, uh, appreciation was was h- high in the family. With I your fo- how many yeah. people? How many people in the family? We had uh, three three brothers. Yeah, three brothers, and uh, you know, and um, my dad. You know, he liked to have a few drinks. Like like to sing. Oh yeah. Yeah, he liked the Ink Spots and uh, Louis Prima. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis Jordan and stuff like that. That was his. So that so Music. that's
0: what you grew up listening to and hearing? Yeah, I heard a lot
2: of that. What'd he do, do you, your old man? He was a truck driver. Oh, yeah? You know? He uh, delivered caskets for- uh, Caskets? For uh, West Coast Casket Company. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're empty, you know. But. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> but that's one of those things when you're a kid, that's kind of a heavy thing. It's like, what'd your dad do? he he'd, Drops off coffins, yeah, steward's <laughs> caskets, yeah.
2: and we lived in the. He got a deal with the company. So yeah, we lived in the office, and the, the warehouse was. Uh, uh, that was our backyard. It was a, oh f- man, full of caskets. So you guys could go play in the caskets. Yeah, we play hide and seek in the
0: caskets. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Make some vampire jokes. Oh yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. My dad loved vampires. You know, I, I, well, that's good. He was in the right business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. when did when
2: did you start playing? I was about 11, I guess. I, I, and you started on guitar? Yeah. Well, drums first. My brother was a drummer. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, he taught me just basic where to put it, you know, where to one, two. Yeah, three, yeah, four, yeah. You Can know. you do it now? Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played in a while, but I I, I enjoy playing drums. Yeah? yeah? But you started with the guitar. When did you pick yeah. up the accordion? That was not until later, the 80s. Uh, you know, the Lobos got into the Mexican folk music back in the 70s. and How uh, long you guys been a band, man? Since 73. It's crazy, dude. No, well, <laughs> how old were you when you started? I was nineteen. And it's the same dudes. Yeah, same four guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we did it. <laughs> it's and you all get along still for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, mean, the, I mean, I mean, I listened to the new record. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I hadn't like I, there was some records I hadn't listened to in a while. But it's like it, what's amazing about you guys is that like even with this new record with the Native Sons. With all these covers, mm-hmm. except for the one out the one new song. I mean, even though they're covers and even though we know some of them, somehow or another they all sound like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's like that's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that and and it's all through all the music. It doesn't matter what style of music you're playing, which is sort of an amazing thing. You know, it's a it's a testament to how connected you all are. And that that just comes from fucking being together since <laughs> <laughs> nineteen seventy three.
2: It's like <laughs> What is that? Fifty years almost? Just about, I think. Yeah, probably this year or next. Well, it's coming up. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, well, how when how does it start? You, so you're in high school or what? Uh, just out of high school,
0: and you're all just you're playing. You get at that point, you're just playing guitar. Yeah. And you meet much. the where do you know the other
2: guys from? We all met at school. Oh uh, yeah? yeah, in high school. High school. Yeah. yeah. One of our one of the friends. He's not in the band anymore, but uh, uh, he went off. Uh, he's like a year older than I am. Yeah. But, uh, and he came back from a uh, college break. Yeah. And uh, he'd got into the, uh, uh, Mexican folk music. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, come down and, and play. You know, we're doing this stuff. And, I, and I'd never... I mean, the music was around. I thought, you know, it but was... But not conjunto music, but Mexican folk music? Yeah, more like uh, like the regional stuff okay. from, uh, like, uh, you know, central yeah. Mexico. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of strings and uh-huh. you know, violins. And, no accordions. And, no accordions. Right. So, you know... uh I always wanted to play mandolin, you know. so yeah. that was a good excuse to, to learn because I couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't play violin, right? So we were trying to play the violin parts with the mandolins, and uh, and you figured out mandolin on your own. Yeah, we just kind of you know little by little. You yeah, know, you know, song by song.
0: So that's so
2: you worked out a Mexican folk uh set list. Yeah, we had about five songs, and we we'd play uh, just uh, you and that one guy. No, it was Caesar was there. And yeah, then, then I I invited Louis down. Yeah. And then uh, through Louis Conrad came down. So before you know, we had five guys and <laughs> five guys and five songs <laughs> playing play Mexican folk music. Yeah. What'd you do with that? But, but we looked more like Canned Heat. You know, yeah. we all had long hair and beards. And <laughs> <laughs> you
0: like Canned Heat? I like Canned Heat. They were great, right? Yeah, they were that, great. That Wilson guy could sing and play that harp. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you do, did you do something? You did, a, you did that record, man, with the guy from Canned Heat. Oh, yeah. Hound uh, Dog? Hound Dog, yeah. Holy shit, that's a great record.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You can't get it on iTunes though.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Well, I had to find the CD. He owns the rights to it, so I mean, and and he passed away, and I don't know what his family's doing with it. What's his name again? His name was Mike Helby. Was he with the Canteen from the beginning? No, he was later. Later, later, right? uh, Yeah. Because like,
0: like those guys at the beginning were—I didn't realize it—but they were all like. uh, There's a couple of those bands back then. I think Butterfield too, that were just so—they were like blues nerds. Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, they're
2: record collectors. Yeah, but, deep in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so so how'd you, wh- wh- when did you make that record?
2: That was in the uh, mid-90s or something, Yeah, I
0: think. And why, how'd that come about? Because that thing was like, there, there's no record that sounds like that, man. It's kind of
2: <laughs> very deep, deep groove. Well, we uh, I met him through a, a friend that had a music store out in the, the Whittier area. Yeah. And uh, we just started talking, and he had, a, uh, Mike had a studio at his house. yeah. Uh I guess uh, the the inspiration or the influence was uh, uh Jimmy Reed yeah and uh Donna Dewey Oh yeah Those are like uh uh I don't know Donna Dewey well, you look in look into Donna Dewey you'll you'll uh, Sugar Cane Harris yeah yeah uh, he plays the electric violin Oh wow yeah he's okay. the first guy to come up with electric violin Okay he took the stylus off of a record player and put it on the bridge of a violin and plugged oh, it no in Oh no shit yeah. So that
0: was a, that was the inspiration.
2: Yeah, because you know we wanted to do blues, but we didn't want a harp player.
0: Right, <laughs>
2: and you wanted to do it uh, <laughs> so simple it. but dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like Jimmy Reed is like the is as deep as it gets. He's great, man. Oh uh, so, yeah, great poet too, man. Just the way. He, oh yeah, yeah. The it was, the things he said were beautiful. Yeah. It, did you ever get to see him? No, I never did. No. Oh.
0: So you guys are playing Mexican folk music. Yeah, and uh, what what did you realize like that there's not a, a a big future in this or what happened? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we didn't know, you know. Uh, what was it? Th- what was the scene? What were you doing? You were playing parties or? Well, it, it started off, you know, playing a uh, you know uh, they called them tamaladas, you know, where they'd uh, little tamale parties. You yeah, know, you know, for like at the VFW and stuff like that. In the neighborhood? Yeah, around the neighborhood. And, yeah, uh, and uh, we met. Uh, who became our manager for a little while? His name was uh, Fernie Mosqueda. Yeah, uh, he he worked with the LA City Schools. Yeah, and uh, he's the one that thought, hey, "Man, you could, you guys could do, uh, you know, you could play, you know, assemblies. You could play colleges. You could do, you know, this is like educational type of stuff."
0: Yeah, because no one's doing this music. People should learn about it. Yeah,
2: so yeah. that that was our way in. So that uh, he's he got us our first gig in the, for the LA City Schools, and then. Uh, we started playing at uh, like East LA college and uh, a friend uh, we made a friend who was down there from UC Davis yeah recruiting students and he heard us play and he he took us up to the to uh, like Sacramento area and that led to the Bay Area and before you know it we were playing all over California
0: but this was this very specific type of music yeah yeah and and so you got known for you're almost like uh, historians or or playing some sort of uh uh, uh folk music that people hadn't weren't familiar with so you were you probably the teachers were probably bringing students
2: yeah to it, watch that happened yeah uh, and uh we did that a lot and then yeah. uh, every single de mayo we'd have like you know 30 gigs within four days and and we took all the dash for cash <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so by that point i'm I'm assuming you had more than five songs
2: yeah it yeah it, it branched, out. branched out a little bit yeah
0: so, so how long did you guys do that for? Did you think like, well, this is this is it? This is uh, this is what we're doing. Well,
2: all that work, yeah, started to dry up. Uh, you know, uh, a lot really, of, a lot of the, uh, when Reagan uh, came in, uh, a lot of the programs were were, oh, were no cut. You know, a lot of the extra you know, like these art- programs, oh, arts really? programs were cut. You know, so you
0: guys were brought in by teachers to to inspire young people, yeah. in a way. Yeah. And, and
2: that, we are we doing that. We were playing weddings and bat- baptisms and stuff like that too. But but know.
0: almost all exclusively Latino gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah. So so Reagan comes in, shuts and, the school. You know, kills the spirit of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get pushed out. So yeah. That's eighty. What is that?
2: Eighty. Eighty-one. Yeah. Know, there. And then what'd you guys? Well, you, we ended up because we had already had uh, we had started families by that time. You know. Oh yeah. And. Uh,
0: Had to keep money, yeah. So so
2: we ended up playing in restaurants, like uh, like mariachi style. Yeah, like you know, but we wouldn't stroll. We refused to stroll. (laughs) (laughs) That's where
0: you drew the line. Yeah, uh,
2: every once in a while we did, but we would split up. (laughs) And,
0: uh, <laughs> play across the <laughs> room with each other
2: yeah one goes upstairs the other guy go the other way you know, well
0: what but, was uh, how did how did it work with um, like he, there was no drums so what was Louis doing uh,
2: he was playing guitar he's a guitar player oh yeah you know.
0: so who the like I'm trying to think who the it's you and, and Caesar, Caesar who do the guitar playing uh, mostly well,
2: mostly yeah all three of us play guitars now Louis got off the drums he'll play a couple of oh, songs okay. here and there
0: but. on drums and then it's all three of you doing the guitars
2: yeah wow man so we were in up
0: playing restaurants,
2: and yeah. then uh, and that got boring. And we played this one place, and there was a drum set and electric guitar for the band that was coming on after us. So we started goofing off with it, uh-huh. and it led to rediscovering like Richie Valens and the music of right, the Midnighters, right. the East Side Soul bands. So,
0: some of the foundation of this new record, yeah, right. Yep. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to remember the set list. I listened to it a couple of times, but I think I got the. I got it here. But you guys did, uh, well, you do, like, an interesting bunch of songs. But you did some real old ones, huh? Yeah,
2: there's a Midnighter song on there. That, uh...
0: Yeah, I don't even know those guys. I should know. That's one of these things where I, I, I have a bunch of records, and I grew up listening to my dad's music, but there's some people on here. I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Like Farmer John, you did a lot, right?
2: Yeah, that's Don and Dewey. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's Don and Dewey. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Sail on Sailor But... He, but uh, so you guys started playing.
2: That's uh, you started playing the rock music. Yeah, little by little we worked our way, and that's when the accordion came in.
0: And how'd you figure out how to play that? Uh, Is it hard? What? Well, not...
2: Yeah, it's hard. I'm not. I'm no good at it. You know, <laughs> I, I can play, you know, the songs I know. But that's enough? yeah, enough to yeah. get by. But uh, uh, well, you know, but we're listening to all this music and. Uh, and uh, Ray Cooter had done this record with uh, Flaco Jimenez, you know. You heard that record? Heard that record, heard yeah. the way Flaco played. Then I started looking for his records and, you know, just an yeah, amazing yeah. accordion player. You
0: know? Right. Oh, that's so sad you picked
2: it up. Yeah, and I tried to, he was my uh, inspiration, you know. And then uh, a friend of mine, he had an accordion in it that he, he bought. Yeah. And it was just sitting in his closet, so he loaned it to me. And I, I just started... Figuring it out? Yeah, song by song again, you know.
0: Well, it's a vibe, right? It's a feeling.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's it's, it's beautiful. So yeah.
0: then you make the shift into sort of like old style rock music and and conjunto music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and all you guys could sing in Spanish, so it worked out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. that was important.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so what, yeah. what 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 was the shift? So then you shift from. Uh, from uh, restaurants to bigger weddings you've yeah. you've got you' got,
2: got drums, people can dance, we could play the recession and the dance you know? <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: uh, but, but how, you must have done that for a long time we did I
2: mean, a, yeah, we did it for a few years in the uh, And then at that time was when like the roots rock thing started happening, came out of the punk rock movement, you know. Sure, but I like the blasters and people like that. Yeah,
0: but like I have to assume that that time you guys spent together because you're still together now. But that time was almost like the Beatles in Hamburg, where you're just (laughs) knocking out these gigs. You're probably doing like four or five a weekend, right? Yeah, for a few years, and you're practicing. It's like it's like that's where all the dues were paid. So you guys were become like one mind, you know, in terms of how you play with each other,
2: right? Yeah yeah that's pretty much how it was
0: so the and so when the roots rock hit well that was a weird time right because there was this there there's all these different types of bands playing simultaneously like the yeah. like right because like i've talked to dave alvin mm-hmm. i've talked to john doe i've talked to rollins i've talked to a lot of cats who were around then yeah but uh there was definitely like a roots rock thing but then there was like insanity right there <laughs> Yeah, and they were you were kind of on the same gig, and sometimes there would be a crossover, right?
2: Yeah, it, it would be you know the Circle Jerks and uh, uh, you know Blasters, and we'd play, or it was just <laughs> all over the place. Or they or Joe Liggins, uh, you know, from the, H- the Honey Drippers, uh, the, uh-huh. the old uh, kind of like the Louis Jordan era musicians that lived here in LA. That right. so they would play gigs and uh, really, yeah, they, they, on the same night, same night, you know.
0: And so, like, what was the vibe then? So you you're coming out of uh, playing these weddings. So how does it? How do you transition? Who pulls you into that? Like, how does that happen? How do you start doing those gigs?
2: Well, it was you know uh, I think just the the idea of playing uh, you know restaurants for the rest of our lives like uh, scared us. You know, it was like man, you know. And at that time, when the Blasters were doing their thing, and everybody, uh, Sergio's Quintet had reformed. And, uh did so, you
0: do a Sir Douglas kite song
2: no we didn't we uh, we're doing all la type stuff
0: oh, wait, you like that song mendocino oh yeah oh man yeah. So yeah, good. we got to
2: be friends later on and doug got to, got to know doug yeah really did you yeah. play with him yeah he jammed with him you know he had a uh uh he had a, was it the last uh Texas blues band uh-huh. uh, f- uh, for a while there and he had just you know just a great great band you know yeah and, and yeah. we we were on the road and we'd Run into him somewhere, and we'd sit in and stuff oh, like wow. that. We got to know him, and he we did an album called The Super Seven. Yeah, and he was part of that too. Oh know? yeah, yeah. Wasn't was who was the original singer of that of the Sir Douglas Quintet? Do you remember that guy? That was that was Doug. It was Doug. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was the writer and the singer, and then uh, Augie Myers was the. The triplets, oh yeah, 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 yeah. that's the, great, the man. man that's a great band.
0: I, I I don't know for some reason I thought Doug was the, just a guitar player, but he sang. He did all the singing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you didn't want to. You knew you're staring down the barrel at a lifelong restaurant <laughs> gig,
2: and you're like, fuck <laughs> this. Yeah. So then that's how we we went to uh, uh, Conrad's garage. And we made it. 'Cause we were playing Richie Vallon stuff by that time and a few maybe like uh, Farmer John and yeah and and the and, the, and a few uh, uh the conjunto music, you know with, yeah. with the recording. So we made a cassette and took it to uh uh the country club in Reseda Uh the Blasters were playing and uh, met Phil in the you know, in the parking lot and yeah. passed the tape over to him and a few a few uh, you know, a few weeks later, a few yeah. months later, uh Dave calls me and says, You know, we're doing they were kicking ass at that time and they were like they, did, they were doing five nights at the whiskey. And, oh wow! And so they asked us to open one of the nights. Yeah. And that was that was our big boost right there. So that we, was it. We owe them, you know, we owe those guys. And that,
0: yeah, well, that was uh, so. Like I would assume if they were playing five nights, they they had pretty solid following of those yeah. type of uh, those kind of retro minded people. Must have been kind of a kind of a roots half rockabilly looking scene. Yeah. Was yeah. it Bookbrokers yeah.
2: rockers and rockabilly people? Yeah, know, yeah.
0: You know, it was a, dressed up, greasing the hair up yeah doing the thing homeboys everybody was there <laughs> wow that must have been exciting it was cool what did you guys lay out what do you remember the songs uh like was it were you do rich and valance or did you do we like, did
2: like, i think we did uh come on let's go and uh, oh, uh little Susie." yeah and then we did a uh, farmer john and, yeah. and we did the, the, uh, uh, the polkas that we play was, oh yeah that we still play yeah we should the, do them faster because you know try to do, punk it up a little. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the punk rock yeah. polka. <laughs> yeah. So, because I have that, they reissued that record. The uh, just another band from LA, East L.A. Mm-hmm. The the all Spanish record. Right. And I got it. You know, I don't understand it, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was uh, <laughs> that was a set list before you started integrating. That was your like yeah. your restaurant and uh, yeah, that was wedding
2: that, set list. Yep, that was it. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> you still play that stuff right yeah we do we'll uh, we'll do tours and we'll dedicate uh, uh you know a tour to that type of music
0: and they, how and so you're going out with x are you gonna do yeah it? we
2: have i know we have a go a show with them uh coming up
0: yeah are you guys the are you and are you guys friends do you, do yeah, you, yeah yeah
2: yeah they they were they were good to us too you know they would uh include us in some shows you know back in the day yeah well, that's a, he, they're sort of interesting because
0: you and the Blasters, like, are sort of dug into a root thing, and X is kind of, like, tilting towards some other, you know, like they're leaning into some other, like, uh, area. You know that guy? I, what, I don't know why I thought to ask you. That guy, uh, what's his name?
2: Uh, Carlos Guitarlos? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> what? He he's out of his mind.
0: He's a Bay Area guy, right? Where is he No, down? he's from here. He's from oh, e- Echo Park. Uh because I was thinking about him, and I knew that like David helped him out. Because I bought that record that when he kind of came off the streets briefly, and they made that record. Were you on that record?
2: Yeah, I think so. You yeah. helped out with that. Yeah, yeah. He, but he didn't. He couldn't keep it together. I guess he goes in and out. You know. But, yeah. Uh, but he's you know he's a great player, a great
0: songwriter. You know. Was he like what, like back in the day? Was he like something to see kind of
2: deal? Yeah, like- there was a they had a band, uh, Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. And we used to play with it. They had a that was one of the the first uh, gigs we got too. They had yeah. a uh, it's called Blue Monday uh, uh-huh. at the uh, Cathay de Grand. Yeah, and uh, and it was you know almost like an open mic kind of deal. Where yeah, the, the bands could go up and play a few songs. Yeah, and, and so that that helped us too. So we started getting in front of all these people and got to know Carlos and Guilty and uh, Top Jimmy and um, it was just you know drunken mess you know? right but, but it was fun yeah it's so like yeah. a
0: battle of the bands
2: yeah. yeah almost yeah it was it was cool it was, you got to know those guys and uh it must have been so wild
0: and like because the the it was such a community it yeah, seems like. Uh, like exactly everyone knew each other and everyone's just like going crazy yeah partying, everybody showed up at each
2: other's gigs you know? yeah and, you know.
0: and and jam and now you guys become sort of these elder statesmen man i mean you guys are like the guys like you you've played with everybody you must have played with all your heroes by now a lot of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're a peter green fan
2: yes yeah
0: because i i got into him like hard in the last 10 years like i can't yeah. believe that guy
2: it's yeah a- i grew up uh he was like a, a jam with a friend of mine that, that you know played he was a blues player yeah and i i found out that i, I didn't know anything about the blues you know i was just i knew johnny winter which right. is all good which is cool but it wasn't the real deal and so then you know uh peter green was the one that kind of put it together for me oh you know? really yeah i mean cause that's he,
0: interesting so when was that when you were like a kid
2: uh, yeah i was in high school and uh and uh yeah peter green and, and did uh interviews with like clapton and you know they, they would talk about otis rush and right and albert king freddie king yeah so i started looking for the records you know, right yeah and, yeah and, I,
0: and you got you I got I hold of it, it. You yeah. got the hang
2: yeah I'm pretty much i mean you know yeah. there's still more to learn no I, well so, I, I
0: guess so yeah is i think there's more to it, it seems like there's more to learn if you do less
2: yeah yeah <laughs> that's the thing that was the big uh that was the lesson you know the, you know space yeah man you know well you guys certainly know how to take that space it's kind of mind-blowing
0: because you can go you go back and forth but even in in the stuff you guys play fast there's such a uh, a unity of 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 rhythm that I don't know what it is, but it's it's kind of amazing. I and I know people have compared you guys to the band before, but it seems like like when I listen to you guys, like it, it's one of those things. Like I imagine Clapton's a huge fan. Have you met Clapton?
2: Yeah, we've uh, we played the the Crossroads. Festivals, yeah, yeah. You know?
0: He must love you. Does he? I hope he does. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Did, did. You, did, you, did you play with him? Were you able? To, yeah, he,
2: like... he sat in with us a couple times. How yeah. was that? Was that? Oh, like... It was. It was mind-blowing or yeah, what yeah you know <laughs> you know when i was 14 in my you know <laughs> playing the cream records in my bedroom you know and, then yeah. I, and there's eric captain right here it's like, yeah
0: I, <laughs> that must be great he can yeah. still lay out the blues pretty good huh oh yeah yeah but uh but you know like i know he was a big freak for the band like there was this idea that when that band the band came on the scene that like it was like oh it's over these guys did it they reinvented music they yeah. figured it out But like what's interesting about you guys, even from the beginning in the way you kind of came up and, and together, not unlike those guys, but they were sort of Appalachia and they're all Canadian, most of them. And they're coming up through Country Western. But you guys are doing a similar kind of roots thing in terms of uniquely American music. But you got all the Latino stuff in there. They don't have any of that like you know yeah. the band doesn't so mm-hmm. you've got this whole other element this whole other texture i'm i'm just blowing smoke up your ass <laughs> now but, <laughs> okay. but, yeah, but you okay. know what i mean yeah but i yeah. mean you can feel that because you can feel that element of where you guys come from in almost all the music
2: too yeah i, I you know it was that uh homemade kind of a uh approach like like the, ba- the band you know uh, yeah did you listen to them yeah it was lot. you know uh, they they wanted to the fiddle, they'd pick up a fiddle, you know, right. and, you know, and, yeah. or mandolin. So we did that instead of trying to, uh, you know, we did it in-house, I guess, you know. Sure. We wanted to hear, uh, and, and through all the folk music, there's so many different, each region in Mexico has a different uh, set of instruments, so right. all these different, so we had all that stuff, you know. You uh, figured it out? Yeah. I mean, we're still working on it, but yeah, uh, we'd, uh, we had all that stuff to uh, pull from, you know, yeah. or steal. Right,
0: Yeah. And it still shows up in the music, like yeah. uh, like almost on every yeah. record. There's some of that in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, so, it, it took a while to get to the to where we felt comfortable where we could try to write a song in that style. Uh-huh. Most of the time, it was just uh, you know we would we would play the old stuff and, and stay true to it. You know,
0: where where did you first start? Where did you st- first feel the confidence? What's the first song you think that you did that was you know kind of drawing from that directly? Was it
2: on Kiko? I was on the the neighborhood record, oh there was a song called a while, uh, huh? uh, be still yeah 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 and it's uh it was written in english, but it had that uh this six eight uh, uh rhythm that's that's used in mexico a lot of a lot of music you know from mexico oh, Wapango, it's uh-huh. called you know? yeah and so we wrote a uh you know took a took a tr took a stab at it, and it worked you know so that it opened the door to to more stuff like that
0: to the confidence yeah necessary yeah yeah i just listened to that record too that's a great one i didn't know colossal head that well and i had to i had to kind of get caught up on that but yeah. how did the um so when like obviously the first record that that i bought was how will the wolf survive but how did that so that happened in that time in the 80s yeah. right mm-hmm. it came out of uh the la scene what what how'd you get that deal
2: how'd that work well, again, it was uh, the the Blasters. They were on they were on uh, uh, Slash Records. Yeah, they told Bob Biggs, who was the, the main guy. Yeah, he's passed away recently, but uh, said you got you better listen to these guys, man. Pick yeah. them up, you know, do something. So our first record was an EP because he didn't want to invest yeah much into it. He wanted to make sure he didn't know where it was going to go. You know? Right, he didn't know how to sell salad or anything. you know. Right, and, uh, really, even with the Blasters, were the Blasters more defined to him? I guess so. Huh. Yeah, he thought we, like, "What do we go to the Latin market?" Yeah, I said, right. No, no, it's this is mainstream <laughs> stuff, man. Just, just try it out us. there and see what happens. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and it worked. You know.
0: Yeah. So he just put it out there, and uh, and and the, and the kids came.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then uh that led to uh, will the we'll wolf survive?
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting because it seems like on every record you do like at least a little one or two of each of what you do. Do you know what I mean? You mix it up. Yeah. You know, like there's definitely, there's a there's a rocker, old swing rock, you know, bop blues, jump blues, and then you got a, a Mexican thong, and then you got like, you know, maybe a little countryish stuff, but you kind of mix it all up, right? Yeah. But, and then like, by the time you get to Kiko, then all of a sudden you did some other thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, all of a sudden everything became wove together. And there was this natural sort of uh, movement through everything. Did you feel that happening?
2: Well, you know, we did the neighborhood record. Yeah, and uh, we wanted to produce it ourselves, and the record company didn't believe in us, so they they kind of just let it die almost. What the, the neighborhood record? Yeah,
0: it's a it's a it's a very thoughtful record. It, it, you, just, oh, so it didn't get the push that you, yeah. you might
2: have wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we were frustrated, and then. Uh, uh, Lenny Warnker, who was the, the head of uh, Warner Bros. at the time, he always liked the band, you know, so he put us together with uh, Mitchell Froom. He says, I think you guys have worked well together. Yeah. And and uh, Mitchell was kind of uh, in the same place with, with his career. He was like, man, he wanted to do something, you know. Yeah. Something different. A know? producer. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, who else did he work with? Uh, crowded house. He, oh, okay. But he, he did a lot of stuff, you know. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. Those, and, uh, and him and, uh, and Chad Blake, who's the engineer, who was another, I think he's an alien. You know? A <laughs> wizard? Yeah, yeah. He's just really amazing. So uh, we all got together and had the same mindset. Let's do something that, you know. No one's ever heard before. Yeah. And we knew, Louie and I, we knew uh, it's a good uh, opportunity to, you know, write some write some stuff that we haven't done before. Try to, Write better songs or different songs at least, you know? yeah. And then that's, uh, and it, it seemed to work out.
0: Well, so that's interesting. So that the guy who's, as a producer, was he brought a whole other point of view to it, right? Because he had yeah. his own way of thinking. If he did Crowded House and stuff, it's not, yeah. You know, he's not just like doing rock music. He's got a vision of some kind, yeah. right? Yeah, got his own point of view, and the engineer's a wizard, and then so that kind of, you know, uh, encouraged you guys to, to take it to some other level. And yeah. what was the process of, of, of writing that? Because, I mean, it's pretty much universally seen as a, a, a masterpiece of a record. Did you feel like, how did you approach it differently on that record?
2: Well, like the first the first one was stuff that we played live. And then, uh, well, The Wolf Survived, we, that's what we started, okay, we have to write some stuff. Yeah. Know? We can't just play covers. Right. So that led, got the ball rolling. And then uh, the difference was we didn't rehearse, we didn't uh, uh, go into, you know, uh uh pre- pro- pre-production or whatever you know right where we you,
0: well, you weren't taking it on the road so no, you it was no. all studio work
2: yeah so we, we'd come up with the I or caesar you know he'd yeah. come up with songs and a, an idea and we'd take it to the studio and we'd throw it together there you know right I, just build
0: it build it from the bottom and, and like the guy used the studio like an instrument yeah and so that was probably the difference you guys weren't just working like as a like uh grinding out songs as a band you're yeah. kind of using yeah. the space differently.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's what we did. Yeah, uh, and it worked. Uh, you know, and then having uh, Mitchell's uh, you know point of view or listening. To, you know, he, he helped just refine a lot of the stuff. And, oh yeah, and and, uh, and then Chad just uh, you know yeah, yeah, we're recording yeah, yeah. through uh, you know exhaust manifolds and stuff. Really? You know? <laughs> yeah, he had all these uh, crazy ideas. You know, to make weird sounds. Yeah, or tell him, You know, I'd say, man, this could use some uh, backwards guitar on this song. <laughs> So he flips the tape over and he goes, "Okay, go." <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, I didn't know it was that easy. You know,
0: it's easy if you got a guy who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Did you guys know weights back in the time in the day?
2: Uh, around that time was when we met. Around um, Kiko time. Yeah. 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 Is he a fan? He must be a fan. Yeah, he's he's a good friend of ours. Know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does kind of weird shit with exhaust manifolds and you know
2: interesting yeah i sounds. think it, it was uh chad worked with him too so oh, they, really yeah so they uh
0: <laughs> so that was the connecting tissue okay yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> they, got, they
0: got weights doing the exhaust manifolds and so now last well but everyone's doing the exhaust manifold yeah <laughs> and like yeah. after that like what did you were you guys able to tour a lot of those songs they seem tricky to play and, and do you play what do you play there's a couple ones on there what's on your set? Now well, from Kiko. Well,
2: we still do Kiko. And, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: uh, train? This train don't come. Train we do yeah,
2: that. Yeah, uh, Wicked Rain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh just a man. We could do most of them. Not not all of them, but we yeah. could do most of them, yeah. How,
0: how often do you tour? I mean like before COVID, were you guys going oh, out? We were,
2: yeah, it was crazy. It was it, it
0: seems like you never stopped playing.
2: We didn't. It was uh it was getting uh getting real tired, you know, like to the point where it was like it was nice to have, good to have the work, but it was, run the time, I remember our last gig was March 9th of... Three days like, before the lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. Because we were supposed to play, uh, uh, I think we were supposed to go to uh, San Antonio or something. Yeah. And then uh, uh, our drummer at the time, uh, his wife uh, worked for the city of Pasadena. She, yeah. And she says, no, nah, man, this is, this thing is, they're not telling you everything in the news. This thing is serious, man. You guys shouldn't go anywhere. So we we backed out of the gig, and then that's what the shutdown happened right And it hit. Yeah.
0: Did anyone get sick? From no. the van. No. We. Oh, good. That's thank good. God, you know, we've been all right. That's great, man. Yeah. So, like, how did you feel about the break? I mean, even though it was it was forced. I mean, did you need it? Yeah. Yeah. Not
2: <laughs> not necessarily that way, but
0: right. <laughs> we right. needed the break. But you might not have taken it. hadn't No. That?
2: Yeah. You're right. Uh, so it. You know, it was great being home it's great being home now you know because you got the kids grandkids everybody yeah Yeah. i haven't been home this long since the 80s you know you know wow man so it's a trip well you're lucky
0: man i mean like the road's hard and it sounds like you guys went at it pretty hard early on i I imagine you've all
2: grown up out of that shit right you don't go too crazy (laughs) oh yeah no it's not not like it used to be (laughs) we're too old
0: (laughs) too old we can't move anymore so, did you guys do most of this record during the lockdown, or no? Yeah, we did. So, were you able to play with each other? Or were you sending stuff back and forth, or did you guys well, just hang well, out? Well, most
2: of it, uh, when we did it, uh, we would, you know, we did the whole distancing thing, but we were in the same studio. We had masks. Sure. And well, we'd, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we do the. we guys test before we go in and make sure everybody's? Uh,
0: but do you guys like? I mean, you hang out. You you seem like I I'm I'm always wrong about this, but. But I always assume that everybody hangs out, even though you've been playing together for 50 years. Do you guys, your families all hang out together and stuff?
2: Not so much anymore, but but, uh, special events, you know. Yeah. But most, everybody goes to their corner. Oh, really?
0: It's probably better, I guess. Yeah, you know,
2: (laughs) we need a break from each other, too. (laughs) but you know we're, we're still friends you know we still get along good you know.
0: so what was the conception uh, before I talk about this though so w- let's talk about this the Disney stuff now the because the, there were i I'm, which one did you do there were the because I know you did los lobos goes Disney mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but there was you did uh, uh, you were on a record first right right that what what so, did you do uh uh yeah. walk like me talk like yeah. me yeah. I knew it I don't know why, because I, I have a memory of that record, and that was just such a great song, and that led to the Disney record. I, I, I guess so, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was that that seems like a fun thing to do?
2: Oh yeah, well, that was uh, Louis Prima and uh, Phil Harris did the original track. So we we're oh, right so a you're Louis like, Prima <laughs> fan. So we're like, <laughs> like, if we're gonna do one, let's do that one. You know.
0: Yeah, it was. It's great. It's okay. So, in terms of conceiving this record, like, was this. Did you? Was it because you didn't have like new material, you didn't want to write new material, or did you just think like, why don't we do our influences? Like, whose idea was that?
2: Uh, you know, I don't know whose whose idea it was. It, yeah, it was pitched to us to do a, oh, a covers record. Uh huh. And then uh, we were okay. That sounds cool. And then it. Uh, I, I don't know who came up with the idea to do it. Uh, just of LA-based music, you know, artists. Yeah. Right. And which you know narrowed it down. What made it? I think made it easier to do well after we found the songs it took a long time to find you know we went through a lot of stuff
0: well how many and then you did one you did one uh, original one yeah the native sound record the song which is great but so but these were like they are there are some interesting choices you know like yeah. a sail on sailor that was an interesting choice right yeah
2: yeah that's I mean, a beach boy well, you, you know you think LA bands you think beach boys uh, um, but did you listen to them yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to them a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were
0: <laughs> the, that era of Beach Boys is good, huh? Yeah, I mean, but I guess you listen to you kind of even listen you know the surfing safari you know, and good,
2: good f- vibrations and uh, oh, you know, that's good in my room and oh yeah well that's later but yeah. but even the early ones are early, great yeah
0: they, they did a cover of Barbara Ann that I used to listen to yeah. on that uh, party album what was it Beach Boys Summer yeah remember that <laughs> that's uh, yeah. a cool record yeah yeah, yeah man and uh, and then you did the Jackson Brown I just talked to Jackson Brown
2: yeah that's another one I mean we just went through all the uh, Jamaica say so you will.
0: Is that the name of that Yeah, time? that's the, the yeah, first yeah. song
2: I ever heard from Jackson and, and uh we just tried to touch on, on all the like war, another band that
0: That's like that was uh, the other thing that that amazed me, that war thing. Like because <laughs> I like, I can hear war in your shit.
2: Well we learned from them. You know, yeah. they they were you know, they're from central LA but they were big on the east side, you know, they were they were honorary Chicanos, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> right.
2: they they always had that little that Latin element in their music. That, that they percussion, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and through the years, we became friends with, uh, with the guys. you know. And the, How many of them are still around? Uh, well, the bass player just passed away, but everybody else still. Yeah? Still, well, over the years, the, they lost the percussionist years ago, and the sax player died a long time ago, too. But
0: but it's so funny that that thing comes true, because that, uh, you know, well, Lowrider was huge, right? Yeah. But, I mean, but, like, once you guys played that tune, I'm like, oh, I, like, all of it makes sense to me. Like, I think that's what kind of got me so excited to, to sort of talk to you and also just to hear the record, because like, you know, I've listened to your records, you know, half my life, you know, here and there, but then when I'm like, someone said, well, listen to this, here's the new record, and then I, the idea of all this being your influence, it all made sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I can hear all of this because you're playing them, I can hear you guys playing them, but I can also hear that stuff in your shit, you know, like it all yeah. wove together. Like, these were really, these are very thoughtful choices. We tried, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. and for what it's worth, I mean, geez, man, I mean that it's that sort of seems relevant now, you know that song, and that's yeah. a hard song because everybody knows that song, but you guys oh, yeah. took it, it on. It,
2: it was hard. Yeah, that, that, we're afraid, you know, we're, we're hoping that they would like it, you know, Buffalo Springfield. Uh, what's well, left that, of them? Yeah. Steve, Buffalo Springfield, and the War, and the, uh, even the, you know. Uh, sail on sailor too, you know. Uh, you were concerned that uh, that would be that they would approve, you know.
0: Well, how many of them are there to approve of it?
2: I mean, like well, I heard that what Brian uh, sent uh, uh, something on social media that he, that he liked it. That he oh, heard, yeah? it, he liked it, and ah, uh,
1: oh.
2: and we we played with Al Jardine uh, uh-huh. this last weekend. He in Big Sur, he came up and played it with us. He did, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's so kind of beautiful, so got huh? Stamp of approval. That's so. for sure. If yeah. Brian says okay, yeah. Well, so. have you heard from
0: Steven Stills, who wrote that one? Yes, yeah, yeah Steven Stills. Still. No,
2: I haven't heard from him. <laughs> 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 we'll find out one day. <laughs> you ever played with that guy? <laughs> yeah, we have. He can play too, huh? Yeah, he's a great player. I always liked this his, his music, you know, Manassas. So was a, uh, do, you ever, do you ever hear that stuff? The uh, <laughs> what his original he, band? Yeah, he had a band after. Be- Buffalo Springfield and after the solo stuff and the Manassas Manassas it's a,
0: who else was in it with it?
2: Uh, Chris Hillman oh uh, really um, I don't know if I I don't know if I know that stuff yeah you should check it out you it's know, great it's big guitars it's great really yeah why well, you listening
0: to that uh, what's that one uh, blues uh, The blue, uh, with Bloomfield Al Cooper Supergroup so, oh yeah su- Super Session yeah, Super Session yeah there's some good stuff on there but there, yeah. a lot of those are separate songs by the yeah. guys yeah were you a Bloomfield guy yeah like, I I can't like I can't like Peter Green I listen to and I'm like I get it you know Bloomfield I get it but it's too it's too much for me it's a little mind-blowing yeah like he just like like he it, 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 it's it, it's beyond my understanding <laughs> but it's oh, great
2: oh yeah, he's amazing yeah you know, just have you tried to work out those licks i've tried you know <laughs> <laughs> still trying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so like
0: who, who are your main guys is it like is it like you went to the king the the three kings yeah uh, and uh but is it who do you prefer out of those guys well, oh you, you can't judge no, you I can't, can't judge. say no, they're old yeah did you, know. you ever play with uh with bb or any of those cats? But we've
2: done shows with him, but I never yeah. actually played with never him. Never sat in with him. No.
0: Who were some of the guys that you know from, like you know, your heroes outside of Clapton that you were able to play with? That that's blew um, your mind. Did you play with Stevie Ray?
2: Yeah, we did.
0: Uh, that must have been something to watch him play, right up yeah, close. Yeah, that was. Uh,
2: we were first time we met him. We were in uh, in uh, Lund, I think, in Sweden. Yeah, and uh, he was doing. Uh, the big show at the college yeah and we were playing a bar you know yeah. later in the evening yeah so he we went to his show and then he came to ours and sat in with us and, and that's how we met you know
0: oh you guys must have had a blast
2: yeah it was fun and, he was, and then over the years we'd run into each other here and there we did uh uh some shows in italy with uh the pogues uh-huh stevie ray and ourselves
0: it's interesting like lineups and because you guys toured so much you really like that that was your whole life is hanging out with these guys they, all these different types of people, the Pogues—that's an interesting billing. It's you, yeah. Stevie Ray, and the Pogues.
2: Yeah, I think it was the accordion. The uh, uh, well, Stevie Ray was the, you know, he was the, the headliner, the headliner, right? Yeah. And then the, the the accordion connection with the Pogues and locals, know, that's that kind of made sense.
0: It does make sense. It's totally different approach, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what's the plan now? What, it, what how many dates are you going to do? Well,
2: as few as possible, you know. <laughs> You know, I've gotten used to staying home, and I would like to. That's a lot, dude. I mean, you know. Yeah, well, we did this weekend. We did four shows. uh, In Big Sur? I did two in Big Sur, and then we played in uh, uh, Santa Cruz and up in Napa. What were the venues? Uh, Big Sur was just a small uh, outdoor amphitheater, Uh and uh, uh, Santa Cruz, it was a... at the dream inn it's a hotel where they, uh, we played poolside and people they they rent oh
0: i saw they, i think i saw some uh some footage of that yeah. they are up on the balconies and yeah stuff. yeah it worked out all right
2: yeah it, yeah we did it earlier in, you know when the covid covid was still the lockdown was, was uh-huh. tighter so that was the only way we could we could do a gig uh-huh and we did some driving gigs but it's little by little it's opening up and, yeah but
0: uh oh he did the driving gigs too. yeah yeah I'm a comic, and I, I just was like, I can't do it. That's got to be hard. I can't do it. And you stand there and wait for them to flash their lights. <laughs> <laughs> you can't connect with anybody. No, no I couldn't do it, man. Uh-huh. But I tell you, well, that's some like that's the that's why I envy uh, musicians. It's like because of all these years you got. I mean, you know, playing those parties and playing those weddings and stuff. I mean, you can play anywhere. I mean, you know, and, and deal with it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some are better than others, huh? Yeah how do you want to work in the future if you don't want to tour do you, are you, do you are you going to do more collaborations with people or kind of lay low
2: or what well it's I see how it comes yeah it's kind of up in the air still yeah. I mean, we will be doing more shows but i hope you know we'll try to spread them out and and not kill ourselves like we were
0: oh it's just it's sort of astounding how much like how many things you were involved with do you look back on it and just go holy shit <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I feel grateful. A lot of been able to uh, play with a lot of people that uh, you know, we've admired over the years. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wish you continued success, and I and I love the record. And it was great talking to you. Man. Well, thank you, thank you, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having it. me. There you go. The new album, Native Sons, will be available July thirtieth. I, you know, when when we were walking out, I asked him if he had any strats. Because I have a Strat, and we were talking guitars on the way to the car. I said, you got a Strat? You got an old Strat? He's like, I got one. I got a 58. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, Jerry Garcia gave it to me. I'm like, no shit. He says, yeah, we were playing with the dead. And he said, do uh, you got a, a Strat? Do you, you want a 58 Stratocaster? And Hidalgo says, uh, yeah, it's a little out of my range, man. He's like, no, I'm going to give it to you. And he gave it to him. He said, he keeps it in the locker. So uh, he's got Jerry Strat. There's a little trivia. Now I will play my Stratocaster, not a 58, it's like a 87, not impressive. Monkey in La Fonda. <laughs> Cat angels everywhere. <laughs>